Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. On this episode, we discuss Sharon Moore's first week as Michigan's head football coach. He laid out his vision for the program at his introductory press conference, and there's plenty of work to do before the season. Plus, we've got updates on hoops and hockey coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Guys, good to be with you here. Friday morning, February 2nd. Ryan Zook and I in Ann Arbor at our houses. Aaron McMahon, you're in Mobile, Alabama, correct? Correct, yes. I finally leave today after a week here. Gotcha. Yeah, how's how's the senior bowl going? What is that experience like? It's good. I think I've said this on the pod previous years, but like this is one of like if you're like a college football slash NFL junkie, like th- this event is totally for you like it's free to go to practices and the game is cool and it's a good time they they tend to get some of the bigger prospects you know they always don't get the top tier guys but there's not there's enough star power down here that you know it, it makes a trip worthwhile you know michigan was supposed to have eight guys uh by the time i got here it dwindled to six uh and then by the time practice ended thursday it was down to like two but um but yeah michigan's got it they're well represented down here uh, a lot of guys from around the country. It's and the weather's been great. It's been like sixty-five and sunny every day. My face—I I don't know if you guys can tell, but my my face is a little burnt. But you know, whatever. Oh, McMahon getting a January tan must be nice. I guess I can't really call myself uh, a football or NFL junkie then, because I try to watch a little bit of it on TV, and it's just not the same. Like it's just very dull. It's like what people that watch the combine. Like it's like. I don't know. I, I can't sit down and watch that type of stuff. Like I can watch football, actual football all day long, but like the actual game, but like the, the senior bowl stuff and like the practices that just, that kind of bores the hell out of me. It's definitely an event you got, I think got to be, be at. And I agree watching the combine or watching senior bowl practice on television probably isn't, isn't the most interesting the world, thing in the world, but being there is a different story, especially when the weather's good and the weather, you know, it hasn't been that way in previous years. This year it's been, it's been great. Well, I've been reading your stories on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Good stuff. And yeah, players have obviously been talking about Sharon Moore. So let's let's talk about him. Um, he was introduced. Uh, now it was it was this past uh, Saturday here in Ann Arbor as Jim Harbaugh's successor. Um, Aaron, I guess, you know, what were your biggest takeaways from, you know, his his press conference, whether it was his you know, statements actually at the podium or or, you know, after he, you know, kind of talked, um, you know, afterwards. Well, he's he's got a lot of work to do, and, and especially with with building out a staff, uh, a lot of unknowns at this point. You know, when, when he did talk last Saturday, you know, he didn't know the status of Ben Herbert, he didn't know the status of Jesse Minner. Now, now we do. Both of them are, are going to follow Jim Harbaugh of the Chargers, but he's got to. You know, he, not only does he have to put his own like spin on the program because this is his show now, and he he acknowledged it, right? He's like, I'm not Jim Harbaugh, I can't be Jim Harbaugh, so I'm not going to try to be. Um, but there are things he wants to, you know, carry over, you know, like the the big physical presence. Um, you know, he, he reiterated his smash saying, um, so I don't necessarily know there are going to be a ton of changes to the offense, but he's going to put people in place here that are going to kind of, um, you know, carry out his vision. And, and that obviously remains to be seen at this point. There's still some work to do. Um, but, you know, you, you got the sense he's ready for it. You know, this is something where, you know, he, he said it during the press conference, you know, as the season went on last year, you know, especially during that final three games where he was named acting head coach, um, you know, he could see himself being the head coach. He, you know, he, he he got a taste of it. He was successful doing it. So um, why, why not be that next guy? So um, big, big shoes to fill as, as we've as we've talked about in the past. Um, 
but you know he's ready to take it on and uh, i'm eager to see how things go um but he's you know he's ready for it 37 years old so i mean young for you know college major college football head coach uh you know you guys would say he's old i guess i mean i'd say he's a perfect age to just be crushing it in his field um <laughs> but yeah uh, i i guess for for both you guys like he i'm thinking back to when he stepped into the you know head coaching role at the end of the season and then went back you know for the for the Big 10 championship you know obviously that's when Harbaugh suspended suspension ended and he, he had some comment about like happy to just be you know coaching football again you know and not dealing with these other things and he mentioned you know what did I learn well there's a lot of interviews you sure got to do and things like that and there are i mean there's forget just your media obligations there's with you know donors and and just e external things that have nothing to do with actually coaching the team um yeah how do you how do you guys think he'll he'll you know handle that and and you know be in that role well it, it's going to be a difference for him i mean I, I think you're right he has to go from and he said during the press conference he was asked if he's going to hold on to play calling and he said probably not just because there's there's so much going on i mean remember he was busy last year with play calling coaching the offensive line and then he was named acting head coach on top of it so he was juggling a lot of duties to begin with on the field this time you're right he's got to deal with everything off the field you know whether it's dealing with the officials dealing with the media dealing with donors like you said and just a lot of the ancillary stuff you, you know you're essentially a ceo of a, of a company and you're kind of running the show so to speak so it's going to be a change i mean there's no doubt about it and i think we've talked about it but like while he was acting head coach for four games last year it was it was or last season it was essentially four days right it wasn't the whole week he wasn't organizing practices he wasn't kind of dictating what thing how things were going um it, it, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be different i mean luckily for him he takes over he's got you know you know eight months seven months to do it before the first game kicks off so he does have some time but you know for someone who's never really done it before it, it's it's gonna be a it, it it'll be a change yeah, I mean, I think it's too early for people to say, like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's going he's to shine in this role or he's going to be a bus. I mean, you just don't know because there's no track record. He hasn't really been there before. Like, to me, I, I don't think that acting head coaching role really, I mean, yeah, you, it prepares you for a little bit of in-game stuff, but, like, there's so much more, as, as, as Aaron and Andrew said, to, to running the college program that he hasn't had to deal with yet. So um, it's it, it, the landscape of college football is changing by the day, and, and as we know, Michigan is kind of lacking behind in, in some areas as far as NIL, and um, we'll, we'll see if they can improve that area. I think that's definitely one area under Harbaugh that they – lacked a little bit and i i think sharon's gonna focus on that a little bit more but yeah there's definitely work to be done to maintain this roster and continue to uh feed the feed the pipeline in, in future uh classes as well yeah we can we'll have plenty of time to talk about how we think you know the season's gonna go for them next year but i just i, I think it could be a, a a real kind of step backwards as far as just the actual success and wins and losses for, for this team. And I don't think it'll have a ton to do with Sharon Moore. I think if you could even keep Harbaugh, but still have these other pieces that are leaving, obviously, you know, some of these assistants wouldn't be leaving unless Harbaugh were, but just for, you know, argument's sake, I, I'd still be saying the same thing, uh, you know, cause you, yeah, you lost, you lose your quarterback, you lose your running back, you lose most of your offensive line, your, you know, two of your top receivers and other skill position players and, you know, a lot of key defensive players gone, a lot of, a lot of good ones back too, but, um, and then your defensive coordinator, your special teams coach and your strength coach. It was such a big part of the culture. Um, yeah, I, I think it, I think it could be, could be, uh, it'll be a challenging season for sure, especially with their schedule. Um, 
Aaron, you mentioned the play calling thing. That was the biggest surprise to me from his his press conference. Should I have been surprised when he answered that? No, he doesn't plan to call the plays. And he I mean, I'm not surprised he's going to hire someone as the offensive coordinator. That's a role you have on your staff, but still thought he'd be he'd be the play caller given his success with it, you know, last year. And look, I'm not ready to close the door on that. You know, he seemed to keep it open. He did an interview this week with Pat McAfee, and he was asked that same question, and he said he's kind of going back and forth on it. So that tells me maybe he's walking walking it back a little bit. He's he's considering still holding on to play calling. Because look, I mean, in the past, Jim Harbaugh, you know, years ago, he was still calling plays too. So it's doable. I mean, you could certainly be the head coach and and still calling and still calling plays. A lot of coaches do it. So it's it's going to come down, I think, maybe what type of offense he wants to run, right? If he wants to keep keep some of the same tenets and run the similar offense he did last year. I think he's going to have to be the guy. But if you want to, you know, put the put the, you know, reins in someone else's hands and it, whether it's Kurt Campbell, whether it's Mike Hart, whoever they or they hire from, ex, you know, externally, but he's going to have to make a decision and it, it's it, it'll be crucial. Uh it'll be one that I, I think I, I don't know. It, it, it's he's an interesting spot. It's going to come down to whether what type of offense he runs and and you know who who takes the takes the lead. Actually, it might be smart if he hands the play calling duties to someone else because their offense isn't going to be very good next year. So I might as well, all right, give it to someone else for the first year and then I'll take it back over and maybe we can restock the cupboards a little bit. I'm a little bit joking, but I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough challenge for whoever comes in and, and we'll have a new quarterback and not many established receivers to throw to and a completely different offensive line. So like Aaron said, it will be a challenge for for the whole entire staff to keep things humming and, and continue to try and keep Michigan on, on top. Yeah. If you wonder if he felt, yeah, in those games that he did have to do it all, that it was, it was a lot on his plate and he'd rather, he'd rather, you know, delegate it. I, I don't know. Um, you know, or he feels that he can have someone who's literally in the game, you know, making the initial call. And like Harbaugh used to say, he'd have final say, or, you know, He's still shaping the game plan at, at practice during the week, so he, he could still feel like he has his, you know, he, he's molding it in a way, even if he's he's not the one actually, you know, calling the plays on on Saturdays. I don't know. It's important to point out too. Largely, the last couple of years, Michigan's offense has been a collaborative process. So it isn't just Sharon necessarily dialing up every play. Um, they have Lena Kirk Campbell at the passing game. They have Lena Mike Hart with the run game. Now, in game decision making would come down to Sharon. But when they're you know you know planning during the week. Uh, it was very much a collaborative process. And it went back, you, you know, years ago, even when Pep Hamilton was the OC, Jim, Jim would chime in, other folks would chime in. So um, he certainly could get help if he decided to hold on to play calling um, and whoever else is on uh, from whoever else is on staff. But uh, I, I don't know. It's going to be an important decision. I mean, it, it's going to be, it's going to, you know, it could help, you know, dictate what, what this Michigan offense is like is look, statistically it wasn't great last year, but I, I think the concepts of it and just a lot, a lot of the, the misdirection, a lot of what they tried to do, um, pay dividends. And, and like you guys said too, the personnel isn't, isn't going to help them this year. They still need to figure out a quarterback. Um, the offensive line is, is up in the air. I got some interesting guys at receiver, but like, so I don't, I don't know what this Michigan offense is going to look like. They may go a total 180 change here, depending on who the quarterback is. As, as far as the staff, I mean, this is what we talked about before Sharon Moore was named head coach after, you know, we, we recorded a podcast when Jim Harbaugh left to take the job with the chargers. Um, you know, we said Sharon Moore was the likely candidate to take over and Harbaugh would be looking probably to take defensive coordinator Jesse Minter, uh, his special teams coach, Jay Harbaugh, and the wild, a bit of a wild card, but, you know, we put that name out there was was a strength coach, Ben Herbert. And sure enough, it seems like all, all three of those guys are, in fact, departing. Is that correct? 
That is correct. I mean, Herbert's confirmed. Uh, Jim acknowledged it Thursday during his introductory press conference in Los Angeles. Uh, Jesse Minner is expected to follow, as is Jay Harbaugh. Uh, I'm told both um, are, are due to leave this week, uh, leave the university. Uh, so I would expect something official probably early next week from the Chargers, from Jim himself. I think that's one of the reasons why he couldn't announce anything Thursday, because they technically haven't left the university yet. So, um, yes, both are heading out. I'm told uh, Tom Gamble, I'm a Mich- uh, Michigan's player personnel guy, uh, is, heading, is heading to uh, the NFL with with Jim, as are a couple other. There might be a couple other staffers as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, Sharon's going to have to have has some shoes to fill. Uh, you have to hire a new defensive coordinator, new special teams coordinator, uh, new offensive coordinator. So there'll be some key hiring decisions here. And, and he did say that he wants to get done by next week. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, that, that is a short time frame, especially when you know, you're still interviewing and everything else. But, uh, you know, some key decisions to be made here in the next seven to 10 days. I don't know about you guys, but to me, it's almost it's kind of seems like Justin or not Justin Herbert. Uh, ben Herbert is the the biggest loss of, of the group. I mean, obviously losing your defensive coordinator and someone as knowledgeable and as smart as Jesse Minner is a big deal. But it just seems like as far as like player relationships and player development, like Ben Herbert has had just an, an incredible impact on this program. And I mean, it's almost seemed like when he left, the outpouring on social media was more vast than when Harbaugh even left. It seemed like players were maybe impacted or hurt a little bit more by Herbert leaving than than even Jim. So I think they expected Jim to go. Herbert maybe not so much, which plays a part in it. But I know with a lot of the recruits I've talked to over the years, I mean, Herbert's one of the first people they mention when they go on a visit and, and sit down and listen to one of his presentations. They're blown away, and it's like, they're not bringing in top 10 recruiting classes every year, like the Alabamas and Georgias and Ohio States, but they're, they're bet with, with Ben Herbert, they're developing They're I mean, the coaching staff plays a role too, but it's, I think he has a huge role and he's going to be tough to replace both on the recruiting trail and uh, in player development. Once they're in Ann Arbor. I'm glad you brought him up because I've, I've talked to a handful of Michigan guys down here at the senior bowl this week. And, and I've asked obviously about Jim leaving and their thoughts. And, you know, most of them aren't surprised and they expected it and everything else. But uh, almost every time the conversation has switched from, I wish Jim the best. I hope he wins to the loss of Ben Herbert is huge. And it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I think it was Trevor Keegan who was telling me the other day that, um, you know, Ben Herbert was essentially the identity of the Michigan football program. It, it's amazing to me how many guys bring him up all the time uh, just the, the influence he's had um you know i can remember mozzie smith you know even before he got to michigan you know the, like a year before and he's being recruited one of the big reasons why he picked michigan was because ben herbert in the weight room it, it's it's amazing the 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 influence he's had uh you know it's it, it's clear that he helped kind of usher in the turnaround at least behind the scenes um away from the field and, and you're right I, I don't know if it's if you can replace that justin tress is it makes sense to kind of keep the continuity in he's been promoted and he will be the guy um, but he's not Ben Herbert. He's a, just like Sharon said, I'm not Jim Harbaugh. So we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think in some regards, uh, you know, uh, Sharon wants to keep some of the key pieces of, of the Harbaugh regime. But you wonder, right? Like, what's the drop off going to be like? Is it, is it going to be the same? And we'll see what type of impact Justin Truss has in the weight room. And he's under 30, right? Isn't he like 28 years old? I mean, that's that's really young. I mean, to, to take over a, a strength and conditioning program, I mean, who knows? He might keep thing. It might be status quo moving forward, but that's a lot. Uh, some big shoes to to replace for uh, for a guy like Justin Tress. But we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's it's 
it's remarkable how how much he's brought up in in interviews with both current players and and recruits and that we've spoken with. Yeah, we've talked about it, written about it. The the strength coach is the head coach when the head coach is not there, and the head coach cannot be there all the time. There are still NCAA rules about the number of hours. Um, you know, they can have official practices and 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 things where the recruiting type coaches are are there. You know, Harbaugh included, and then Harbaugh is obviously out recruiting and, and doing other things. And you know, Herbert is not, and he's he's there and he's a presence. And you know, the culture that they talk about and and a lot of the little things and the attention to detail. Um, you know, that's that Herbert was a big part of that. And I think the reaction is, is, you know, fans that have, have read these things and heard these things and realize his importance. And also a thought that he could have stayed. Harbaugh was just inevitable. I mean, this, this whole coaching search was just, uh, you know, wild when you compare it to the last one. I mean, with, with Harbaugh, I mean, it was before I was at M live, but uh, I was talking about it with a, another one of our colleagues the other day, like as far as just, you know, it was drawn out for for weeks, and yeah, he was the top target. But there are other candidates and people tracking flights and things like that. And with this, it was just you know, you kind of knew who the guy was. He was already here, and what was that within you know forty eight hours? Basically, this thing was this thing was a, a done deal. It's just just a lot a lot different than than the last time. Aaron, I wonder your read on how many coaches Sharon might retain. I mean, it's obviously sounds like. Um, a couple of guys, probably like Steve Klingsdale, is probably more likely to to stay. But I mean, it seems like maybe some it, we haven't really heard much about, and their fu- future might be up in the air. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I've been I've been hearing him and told Grant Newsom is probably going to be promoted from tight ends coach to offensive line coach. That's not done officially yet, but it sounds like that's kind of the working plan as of now. The tight ends take offense to that being called a promotion. They say, "Hey, why are they, why are they better than us?" <laughs> well, Sharon acknowledged as a promotion. Uh, you know, when he was tight ends coach promoted, but anyway, I, I do think he wants to keep Grant Newsom. I think he wants to keep Mike Elston. Um, Mike Hart is is a is a wild card here. There, there's a group of guys, and I'd have to go back and look, but there's several Michigan assistants right now working on expired contracts. Mike Carter is one of them. Grant Newsom is one of them. Um, I'd have to go back. There's, there's, I think there's Jay Harbaugh was one. Um, so they're, they're, they're contracts being, you know, that need to be re-signed here. They need to be done. Um, I suspect he's Sharon's going to try and keep Steve Klinkscale. Just, I mean, why not? I mean, he's been very good. He's a good recruiter. Um, but you know, some of these guys with, with expiring deals are going to start looking elsewhere, whether it's Mike Hart, you know, at the NFL or, um, you know, Mike Elston, it sounds like there are rumors that he, Jim, Jim Harbaugh is trying to, you know, take him to Los Angeles with him. So there's decisions going to be made. Um, but right now it sounds like Newsom is going to stay for sure. Um, beyond that, we don't know. Uh, uh, you know, I suspect Kurt Campbell is, but we haven't heard a lot on him either. I, my assumption was he was going to be the one promoted to OC, but, that hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. It sounds like Sharon's probably testing the waters here. They're in an interesting predicament, right? It's early February. Typically, these coaching ch- changes are done by now. The carousel's largely stopped. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're looking externally to find, you know, hire an assistant coach, you got to try and pluck somebody from the, uh, an existing staff. And that's not easy to do unless it's someone, you know, on the way up or you're overpaying for somebody. So uh, Jerome's in an interesting stat- situation right now, as I said earlier about the, the coaching staff. He's got to figure out guys he wants to keep, and he's got you know if he is looking to make a change, uh, he's got to make a, a big enough splash to, to to bring somebody over. Yeah, you wonder if he just—I mean, it's the same number of positions to fill no matter what. But you wonder if he does just elevate people, you know, Campbell to offensive coordinator. I mean, Klinkscale as the defensive coordinator—is that—is that out of the question? He was—he was—he had that co-defensive coordinator title last season, I think. Currently coaching, you know the. 
the the secondary. Um, but you know, well liked and uh, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if you know they went with a co DC role with like Clink Scale and, and Mike Elston if they were to retain Mike Elston. I know there was a desire on Mike's part to be a, uh, eventually become a defensive coordinator. I think that was one of the reasons why he left Notre Dame. So uh, you know, there, there's decisions to be made. Uh, people are going to have to be hired, retained, and everything else. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see. As I said, Sharon hopes to have it done by the end of next week. Uh, so we should get some more clarity here uh, rather shortly. And you know. Part of the the reasoning now uh, for you know doing things quickly, there, there's certainly a, more of a benefit now than there was uh, when Michigan hi- hired Jim Harbaugh. Was of course you know the transfer portal and having to you know kind of re-recruit your own roster and, and things like that. Uh, you know we can we can get into that a little bit here if you want, Ryan. I mean, as far as where things stand with um, yeah the, the the current roster and 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 recruiting and the portal and things like that as as Michigan looks ahead to you know, it's 2024 roster and beyond. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to see you. I mean, there's figures thrown out there at other schools, what it takes to retain a roster and, and keep people happy and like millions and millions of dollars. And then you got like champion circle here. That's like, hasn't even, I don't think has fundraised a million dollars yet. So it's there, there is NIL opportunities elsewhere where if mission players want to go get paid more, they could enter the portal and probably have picked their destination within the day, just with how the things are in the transfer portal these days and the agents and, and, the, and the tampering that goes on. But again, it's it's personal decisions, but NIL needs to improve that mission. Bottom line, they're, they're, they need to they need more fundraising. They need more opportunities for for these players if they're going to. Uh, sustain success moving forward and and recruiting is a big thing too they're never going to be a pay-to-play program or drop bags for these top recruits but uh again they they just or ben herbert was able to sell visions of hey we can develop you like this you'll be an nfl prospect and you'll get nil opportunities when you're a big name and and contributing to us when you're a sophomore junior senior stuff like that so it it's kind of scary right now and there's a lot of unknown but if, if there's not improvements, we might uh, see the this roster poached a little bit moving forward. Michigan's been able to sell two things the last couple of years that's been able to ma- largely maintain the roster. The success in the field, the Big Ten titles, competing for national championships every year. And then there, there's a loyalty factor, I think, in play. You mentioned Herbert. A lot of the, a lot of the players you know, were, were like to do it. They re- genuinely would run through a wall for him. They liked Harbaugh. They liked their coordinators. There, there was a lot, there was likability factor here, but with Harbaugh gone, Herbert gone and the staff looking different, the, the loyalty you know, side of it kind of, kind of, you know, it, it kind of goes away. So what are you selling at this point? You know, you're selling, you might be able to compete for a big 10 title. The 12 team playoff does help, but you're right. NIL has got to, it's got to improve. I mean, if Michigan a wants to land some of these bigger fish on the recruiting side or just, just maintaining guys, because the loyal you can't sell loyalty anymore because the staff is changing. There's different people in charge now. Um, it, look, they, they could still compete and, and win championships, but at the end of the day, that's that's not that's that's not what college football is becoming. It, kids want they they want money, they want opportunities, uh, and you know that that's where Michigan's got to improve. And if you go out and go eight and four next year, and you kind of lose momentum from the national championship too, and you're back to square one and, and aren't able to sell that maybe national championship and contending for titles vibe or uh, 
pitch that that they can sell right now, and they have been over the last three years too. So, it'll be interesting times ahead for for this program as far as uh, uh, the roster construction and, and recruiting. That's for sure. I'd, I'd tack on, you know, a p- pathway to the NFL as as a third thing there, you know, as well. Um, you know that they that they've had success with um, recently, but again that. That could go away too, to a certain extent, depending on the you know the coaching staff and the success on the field. So it's it's all it's all tied together, obviously. Um, all right, I mean, I we we've covered football quite a bit here, um, and we'll you know continue to have more uh, on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Um, you know, Aaron's reports from the Senior Bowl, and and you know continued news with the staff here at Michigan. Um, well, let's get into some of some of the other sports. Uh, hockey, Zook, what uh, what do you got for us since uh, since your last update here? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, a, a chance to sweep a series this past weekend. They uh, went out on, on Friday night and, and played Wisconsin, a, a top three team in the country. And I was really impressed with them. I mean, they won five to one. And when things got a little bit dicey early in the third period, when Wisconsin cut the deficit to one, Michigan kind of stepped on the gas again and, and extended their lead. Um, a, a few minutes later and, and added an empty net goal and, and picked up a, a huge win on, on home ice against a Wisconsin team that's, I think, the most improved in the country under first-year head coach Mike Hastings. And again, but their, their, their bugaboos kind of came back on Saturday night too, and, and they had a lead in the third period, blew it about midway through, and, and then lost in overtime. So uh, it's it still helps that they moved up to 12 in the pairwise ranking so it's a it's a big deal for them and and uh overall a successful series but man at this point you you just want to be able to get some momentum and get a sweep and and take that into the next weekend as well um and, and they weren't able to do that they got ohio state this weekend and anything really short of a sweep is uh would be kind of a disappointment i mean ohio state's last in the big 10 this year not a very good team. Mission overall is pretty healthy at this point. They they need they need six points. They need two regulation wins and to kind of keep things going as as the season's quickly quickly winding down here with uh, only a few weekends left. All right, so they're number twelve in the country currently. You said in the in the pairwise ranking. So at this point in the year, like that's the that's the thing I'm following the most as far as like their where they're. NCAA tournament outlook is at this point, that's the, the most important metric once, once you hit February, late January. So that's, uh, what I'm rolling with at, at this point, I think in the, uh, U S college hockey online poll, they are, um, yep. Number 12 in, in the, in that poll as well. So yeah, there, once we get to this time of year, it's, there's a lot of following the pairwise because you, you kind of know what, what teams are at, at this point basketball i mean the women's team's kind of humming along they're 14 and 8 overall 5 and 5 i mean no no you know guarantee that they're an ncaa tournament team did some good things in the non-conference but not not enough probably to overcome you know uh you know being at least above 500 in the in the big 10 so um you know have lost two straight i mean kind of got blown out at at michigan state you know with their with their first year coach and then you know you lose at home uh, by double digits to Illinois. So, uh, yeah, they'll try to try to get back on track here. They play next, uh, uh, Saturday to tomorrow they're at, they're at Penn state and then they, they come home for Nebraska. Um, yeah, the men, the men are just their, their tailspin continues. They've lost, uh, nine of their last 10. Um, 
and it, it's just kind of the same. I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm like, wait, I've, I've written this before, you know, can I say it in a different way? But if it, you know, if it's happened, I can't, I'm not gonna, I, I gotta tell people what happened and it's, you know, first half leads and, uh, you know, blowing it in the second half and really poor defense. Um, you know, I wrote about specifically the, the second half today. Uh, I mean, it's 10 straight games. They've been outscored in the, in the second half and, it's like, well, you know, they've lost nine of those games. So you might think, well, they're just doing bad in both the halves, right? And it's like, well, no, they've actually been ahead in, in six of six times at halftime, and including, you know, two by double digits, another one by nine. Um, and it's just, yeah, these teams are just kind of pouring it on in the second half. And there's no necessarily obvious answer for that. They don't have a ton of depth. So, you know, sort of fatigue could certainly uh, be a factor, especially when they're on the road and they're, they're without their starting point guard. So, um, you know, they're, they're home, um, you know, tomorrow, Saturday against Rutgers, which, you know, seems like the perfect cure for, for a bad defense because Rutgers is just inept offensively worse than the big 10 and, you know, near the bottom of the country. Um, I mean, they just, they shoot really poorly from two, from three, uh, from the foul line where, you know, you're not guarded at all. They're, they're near the bottom of the country. So it's like, yeah, this would be, well, the good news <laughs> is if things go sideways for the Wolverines, fans can start drinking at the game hey, yes. <laughs> boozing so, up <laughs> so there there is there is that i mean yeah there was i mean certainly jokes to be made in the headline or in the story about about that i refrained but um yeah there that that will start uh this weekend actually starts uh tonight at chrysler with uh with wrestling um and then yeah first first basketball game will be will be saturday and then uh yeah hockey you said is, is at ohio state this weekend right so yeah yeah, that, but the first game they have is against Michigan State with, uh, and I, I mean, they're, they've had some fierce rivalry games here in, in the last couple of years. And even this year, the, the first series was uh, pretty spirited. I think the first game had over 170 penalty minutes. So I, I just have bad visions of like MSU scoring and going over the student section and celebrating and then some, some sort of alcohol being thrown on the ice it's like oh all right we're cut off like back to no booze at yost but maybe not but yeah it's that's quite the first game to to give it a, a whirl um with uh with the way both teams have played this year and both teams are good and and uh the rivalry seems to be coming back from what we remember in the early 2000s um that i mean there was it was one of the best rivalries in 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 college hockey and it's starting to get back there again and now fans will be able to drink and at the games as well i'll be checking out the prices when i go there tomorrow i mean i I still just find it you know i just don't see students necessarily you know yeah shelling out money to buy you know at the game they'll they'll probably do what they want to do before the game and after the game and and aren't they bringing Mm, in a lot a lot of these students have mommy or daddy's credit card so you got to remember that i mean and some of these like at yoast the fans get there like an hour before the game. They're like they're getting their seats right away. I mean, why not? Like, what are they doing? Now they can drink while they're just sitting there before the game. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Listen, I may or may not know some people that are bringing things into Michigan Stadium on their own and have <laughs> been before. So I, I don't know. I mean, I know they have these new de- metal detectors, but I think those are just for for weapons, <laughs> thankfully. So I mean, I, I yeah, I think that I, I don't know. We'll see. You're, you're obviously you're at you're at you're at the hockey games more way more than I am. So uh, you know we'll see how it how it turns out. But yes, this is 
this is part of their process. They're rolling it out at, at Chrysler and Yoast with the idea of, you know, kind of seeing how it goes before maybe bringing it to the big house for football games. Oh, man. I hope Patrick leaves that in. Harvey makes his presence known at the end of the podcast. Oh, <laughs> that's a, that's oh, a fitting end to this one. God, so, yeah, man. we've got uh, got plenty more coverage coming on uh, MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.